Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Self-Medicated Podcast, your home for moderately informed takes on current events. I am your host, Troy Alim, aka The Wayfarer. Today is Monday, February 10th, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I have my family here with me today. Uh, We got Justin, as usual. We got Ish on the camera, and we also have Malik making a special guest appearance. How, how are you? Uh, how are you, gentlemen, doing? I feel like this has been a long weekend, no? Already? Yeah. Folks been working. Yeah. Folks been going through shit. It's uh, definitely been a long weekend. This is. It's weird. I feel like I don't know. I feel like the like weather-wise, we're building up to spring, which usually for me signifies like uh, like a change in energy, like coming out of wintertime and like feeling. You know, refreshing, excited for warm weather, but nah, I don't feel, I don't feel like that, especially this weekend, not for me. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I don't know, there was a lot of things going on this week. Uh, I feel like a lot of things going on in the news. I feel like um, there was a bunch of music that definitely came out that I didn't get a chance to listen to. So that's one of the things I want to focus on this week is catching up on all the music. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what this week Oscars. has been like. The Oscars after that? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, are you looking forward to anything in the Oscars? No? no? Uh, the is- idea here is that short, short film about hair. About trying to do his daughter's hair. Ah, uh, yeah. Some black shit, right? Some black shit, but I I be trying to do my daughter hair, so I, yeah, I'm gonna go watch it. <laughs> are you are you good at it? Are you getting better? Are you getting better? No, it's not getting better. No, it's no improvement. That is interesting. Uh, we both have locks now, and trying to figure out what to do with locks is an interesting journey because I literally never in my life had long hair. I've always had short hair. So like figuring out things to do with long hair, I feel like it's very interesting. And then to try to figure out what to do with somebody else's hair, that's gotta be that's gotta be wild. Shout out to all the hairdressers and barbers. And we'll we'll dedicate this episode to those folks. Shout out to them. And hopefully uh, that short film wins the Oscar. I want to jump right into Two Woke for the Week, man, because I feel like this is the most current topic. This past week, in the wake of uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant, Gail King did an interview with uh, another basketball legend, Lisa Leslie. And, you know, they did an entire interview, but there was a clip circulating uh, the internets, the interwebs of a line of questioning to Lisa Leslie from Gail King regarding the sexual assault, rape allegations, I'm sorry, against Kobe Bryant. And, you know, she was asking Lisa Leslie how she felt about that situation with Kobe being her friend and her being a woman. And, you know, I think Lisa Leslie handled it very, very well. She was very professional somehow. She remained calm. But, you know, I think it's pretty much common, a common sentiment that, you know, the line of questioning from Gail King was inappropriate. I've heard the word distasteful used a lot. But I mean, basically, she was wilding, right? Like she, 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 like just the way that she was phrasing certain questions, the way that she was, like anybody who knows anything about 
communicating, communicating and having conversations. She was leading or trying to lead Lisa Leslie into saying certain things, right? right. Um, and, you know, Gail King is a master at this. Gail King is one of the goats. She knows how to interview a motherfucker, right? Like, you know, she comes from Oprah's uh, uh, coaching tree, right? Like, she is one of the best interviewers definitely I've ever seen. Uh, she's amazing at it. But what that also means is that she knows how to finesse a media training, right? So, um, I don't know, just the way that she was phrasing certain questions and not even some of the questions, just the way that she was responding. Lisa Leslie was saying, you know, she never saw any type of behaviors from Kobe that would indicate any of this. And uh, Gail King goes, well, you wouldn't have saw it if you, you're, you're his friend. You wouldn't have saw it. And, like, just left that as a statement. Lisa Leslie right. was like, all right. <laughs> and then, like, kind of just kept going. And, you know, shout out to Lisa Leslie for, like, like I said, keeping her cool. But also kind of like, I mean, to me it was pretty directly telling Gail that she was wild and in the most respectful and, um, you know, professional way. But I feel like that in and of itself is what happens, right? Like, Gail King maybe was asking disrespectful, distasteful, inappropriate questions to Lisa Leslie about a man who we haven't even buried yet. We haven't had his memorial. And it's just a very sensitive topic and just tough for a lot of people to process and think about. And I feel like most people think that she could have asked, she could have gone about it a whole different way, right? And so if we know anything about black folks, we are very emotional and we're going to take things to the extreme. And the death of Kobe Bryant was something that impacted a lot, a lot of people in a really, really intense way. And so understandably so, Gail King caught some smoke and she had damn near everybody with a voice coming at her like, like and like for some, for some folks, it, deservedly so. Um, I mean, understandably so, maybe not deservedly so, but understandably so, right? Like folks are super sensitive. Folks are uh, very emotional about the passing. Like I said, it was a very tragic thing that happened. And I feel like everybody just kind of took this situation with Gail King and Lisa Leslie and just dumped all of their emotion on her. You know, there was, there's hella videos circulating around about uh, celebrities reacting to Gail King and, you know, doing that stunting shit where we're going to come get you, I'm going to send somebody after you, all of this other shit, which is kind of wild. Uh, some of them were actually quite hysterical. I think Lil Boozy's was, like, for me, my favorite in terms of, I'm about to fire your ass up. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucks with Boozy for that. That shit was hilarious. Um and then I think the most uh, uh, talked about, the most memorable response is probably from Snoop. Um, you know, Snoop, Snoop, Snoop was Snoop. The what they, so, so Snoop called uh, uh, Gail King uh, out her name. He was wild, disrespectful, called her something. What did, what did he say? Funky I mean, dog no, head no, he didn't just call it funky head. dog head, bitch. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> He went way up. Can I say it? I feel like saying So now that's the most important thing. So like, as disrespectful and what, like, there's this whole uh, sentiment about how black folks should be talking about each other, especially in public. We're talking about a black woman, an older, uh, an elder in our community, um, and and a legend in terms of trailblazers in industry and and communications and journalism and all of that, 
Gail King is someone I think to be respected, whether you personally fuck with her or not, whatever. But on top of that, she's also a black woman. So there's all of those dynamics. The one thing that I will say for Snoop is he did ask for consent. Like, <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did ask everyone if it was okay if he called her that. And, and you know, I think that's, a, that's important to highlight. Like, he did ask for consent. That's a shift in, that's a shift in, in culture if I ever fucking saw one. God damn it. <laughs> did he get consent, though? I mean, look, baby steps, man. Like, <laughs> motherfuckers used to not even ask. So, like, the fact that he's even asking, like, can I call her one? I feel like I really want to call. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, that, that's the important thing to me is there's a sign that the culture is shifting. Consent is starting to become uh, a more regular thing. That's my takeaway from the whole situation. Um, so as far as winner of Two Woke for the Week, I don't know if it should be Gail or Snoop. I'm starting to lean a little bit towards Gail because uh, she was wilder in that interview and, and doing too much. But also Snoop was wilder too. Uh, but shout out to Snoop for asking for consent. Let's jump right into the relationship segment for the week. Like I said, this is, I always say this, but this is one of my favorite segments because there's always some shit to talk about in this topic. Uh, and it never fails. This is one thing I never have to research. It pretty much just pops up on its own naturally Life. every single week. Exactly. Uh, but this one is based around some uh, c- celebrity breakup. I know everybody loves this type of shit. It's very entertaining. Uh, making the rounds on the media media platforms uh, was Meek Mill versus Nicki Minaj, and their their messy uh, exchange over social media. I think over this past week. So if you, for those who don't know, I don't know who you are that don't know this, but Meek Mill and Nicki Minaj uh, used to date. They were a couple. They were obviously a very public couple. Went through a breakup. Both of them then, I think, are in other relationships. I think Meek got a baby on the way. Nikki is married. You know, they're both in separate relationships now. Um, And I think it was, what was going on in Miami? The Super Bowl, during Super Bowl week, these two uh, couples kind of crossed paths in 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 a, a store, some sort of shopping consumerism establishment. And there were words exchanged. There was yelling between Meek and Nicki Minaj's uh, husband uh, because Meek has been kind of talking shit about Nicki Minaj's husband and his songs. And yeah, it, was, it got a little spicy in in the store, but it nothing happened. Nothing developed out of that. But then after that, um, this week, there were shots fired over social media, and shit got kind of wild. There was a lot of snitching going on. <laughs> there was a lot of exposing going on. Um, a lot of shit talking, but it made me think of uh, messy ass breakups and like how, uh, especially like. So like, I feel like it's one thing when you when you're talking about like celebrity breakups and shit because we don't know these motherfuckers, right? Like. Uh, we have no idea who these people actually are. We just know their public personas, right? But think about what those situations are like for the people that actually know them, right? And are involved in, in those people's lives, right? So, like, then translate that into us as regular people who are celebrities. Think back to, like, breakups that you've had to witness your friends go through or that you've been through. Like, them shits 
those shits can be and, and when you put it in that when you put it in that lens you almost understand how fucking like where the Meek Mill and Nicki Minaj like how it got so petty right in such a public fashion because if you look back at those situations they could get really fucking petty motherfuckers be wilder if you saw the face Malik made about him reminiscing about some of those relationships yeah like them shits it, you could definitely see how you could end up as fucking Meek Mill and Nicki Minaj, two of the biggest superstars on the planet, both in separate relationships, years and years and years after the actual breakup, <laughs> wilding out <laughs> on fucking Instagram. Like, it's almost like, damn, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, there's no reason for either of them to be engaging in this type of behavior. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of see how that could go down. For me, I've never really gone through a messy, messy, messy breakup. Definitely not a public one. Uh, so I can't really imagine what that shit is like. Um, I know obviously other folks have gone through these type of breakups and that shit. I'm Mr. Messy Man. Messy. I have lived that life. Yeah, it's wild. And it is do you ever find so like Meek Mill and Nicki Minaj I'm sure have gotten over this situation, especially now that they've gotten a chance to like throw jabs at each other. That's probably all they really wanted. They probably never really had any type of closure to say like fuck you I don't even to know each what other. They said to each other, but it, it's I mean the whole for me, like that situation, I can't even really really analyze it like it's a normal thing because most of it is just they know how many people are looking at them do this shit and that's influencing how they moving and most you know what I'm saying, most shit ain't really like that. Most shit is like interpersonal as fuck, personal as fuck and private or public on just a way different scale. So like some of my shit was technically like in the public but it wasn't to that degree but it was still yeah. You know, it still added a fucked up layer to my life because it was right. in that public space. Right. I think a lot of times, too, and I, I've heard this from women, they will, like, Lord Jesus, how do I say this? Uh, they will uh, do, they'll behave in certain ways based on what they have said about the relationship up until that point. So like they don't want to be embarrassed, right? So they'll like do and say certain shit that they don't actually in the long term feel just be in order not to be, feel embarrassed. What's an example of that? An example may be, you know, they talk shit to their friends about you, but they might end up fucking with you again or whatever, but to their friends, they'll continue dogging you and not really updating them on how you've changed your mind, right? Like, because, right, exactly. Because, I mean, I, I, that's a wild thing to kind of renege on, right? Especially, and that's, the, that's my whole point about, like, the emotional aspect of this. Like, when you're in a relationship like that, that long-term, that intimate, emotions are a motherfucker and they can and will dictate how you act for better or for worse. That's why I was saying I can understand why these two individuals may come up outside their body and have a fucking argument on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, 
don't know. But Mika's, honestly, Mika's super duper 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 petty. He's been talking about this woman's husband and his music for like two years now. Like literally making fun of him. and ad- He got verses about him. He got ad libs about him. Like literally talking shit for years about this man. And the other funny part, just an interesting tidbit, I think uh, Nikki's husband's last name is Petty. So like, there's a nice little cap on that. Let's talk about the coronavirus. Ish brought this topic up. Um, No, there's only two things that I know about coronavirus for real, for real. One is I thought I had it a couple weeks ago uh, when I was on my deathbed. And then the other one, I didn't, by the way. And then the other thing that I know about coronavirus is the doctor who, like, kind of let the world know about it uh, died this week. Um, from coronavirus, and he was yeah. yeah so this yeah. yeah. Wild. I just read another died as well. Another, another doctor. Whistleblower of the virus. Of the virus just died. Whistleblower of the virus. Yeah. The virus blew his own whistle. That's true, but I think. <laughs> like I'm here. I don't know. Shed some light or something. He mysteriously died, and the family thinks that he was silenced. So what well, I they do do shit like that. That's number one. Number two, my understanding is that the coronavirus, when Buddy started exposing it, people didn't want him talking shit about it because they were trying to keep it under control or it was manufactured and they was trying to use it for some military biological shit. Like, there was a whole bunch of reasons for them not to want to expose this. Part of it was, like, to control panic. Part of it might have been, like, a national security thing, whatever. Um, But he was, like, shunned by, like, the Chinese medical community for talking about this. And they were like, no, this nigga's tripping. Come to find out, it's damn near epidemic now. We got it in Chicago. (laughs) Fucking, uh, I heard on the radio earlier, I think it's something like 40,000 confirmed cases. But it's like, uh, people are now... You know, the conspiracy theorists are now rampant, like, oh, this motherfucker died from the shit he exposed, and y'all trying to say uh, that he was tweaking. So those are the things that I know about the coronavirus. What say you? I don't, I think there's not, um, there's not enough people dying from it to, for it to be as crazy blown up out of, to this degree as it is right now. Like, there's... there's well, they said that it's... Say 800 people died, dude. Just past SARS. Yeah, but it's the flu. There's also the flu shot. Like, they have things to fight the flu. They don't have shit for the coronavirus. That's the thing. They have a fucking shot for it. This isn't a new thing either. Right, that's true. They say, uh, and I don't even know if this is true or not. This is the the interweb informing this statement, but. The uh, the spread from bat soup, like eating bats. What the like? Have y'all heard this? Have you seen this? Have you heard it? I heard something <laughs> on NPR about bats. There's like a, a train of of transmission. So like bats get it, and there's something between bats and humans. But some bats uh, give it to something, and then the something gives it to humans. Got it. Uh, so I don't know what that that in between is what they're trying to figure out to try to stop the. See, and this is why this podcast is valuable, right? Because most people will tell you that the coronavirus came from bats <laughs> and from Chinese folks eating bats, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what kind people, of racist. Right, right? Like, that's how, that's, and, and then you look at all of the racist things that are being said about <laughs> Chinese people. Yeah, <laughs> like all of this shit. Exactly. And how that train gets to roll up. I'm like, yeah. 
when in reality it's probably just like any other disease where it's like transmitted through normal channels like bats eat fruit we eat fruit <laughs> like they confer you know what i'm saying it's all kinds of ways for that to happen racism that goes into the conversation about a health epidemic like Ebola. Yeah. Like, yep so, like so remember sorry remember uh Chinese. west now all of that shit. it's not racist when it's like mad cow disease was happening like in the uk they were like these filthy whites <laughs> meat. it was just like oh no these cattle you know yeah, it's, yeah it's a race aspect to it uh, that's true a healthy dose of racism <laughs> does wonders. Yeah, it does. It does. That's kind of how the media works now. It's like we just want eyes on this shit. Who gives a fuck what we're saying? <laughs> just look at look at us. It's us. It's us. So yeah, I'm glad that this that, that was a really good moment of why this why this podcast exists. We don't want to perpetuate idiocracies uh, uh, in this world. We want to try to curtail that as much as possible. So thank you. And, and also to be fair. We didn't know. We just decided that amongst us as intelligent human beings based off a little. That's what I'm saying. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck. That's hilarious. On scene right now, it says that that doctor you're talking about, he died. But more now, it's killed more than 800 people, mostly in mainland China. So like 800, that's a pretty... That's not bad. That's not bad at all. You know, but if they, if they flying around and spreading it, right, flying that's, around and spreading it's it. It's a lot more 800, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, 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 true. Yeah, 800, that... Yeah. That's like the number... I feel like the number of people that commit suicide in um, Apple factories is higher than the number from that flu. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Oh. What? Oh. But they don't want to talk about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they, they ain't going to tell you that. See my brother. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That is uh that's compelling. That is compelling. Y'all's president got acquitted of abusing his power and his seat. Teflon Don. Teflon Don. <laughs> that no, I think this is news because I think that there was a healthy amount of people once he actually got impeached that thought some shit was gonna happen. I think it was a good amount of people who thought that. Um, yeah, idiots, all of them. I agree. Like, there was no reason for them to believe that this motherfucker was going to have any kind of repercussions for his shit. The other thing, so so that's one thing. So uh, Donald Trump got acquitted of abuse of power for trying to finesse, who, who, who what country was that? Ukraine. Yeah, the Ukraine, trying to finesse the U- Ukraine to investigate uh, one of his political opponents in the upcoming... Uh, presidential race, Joe Biden and his son, who apparently got some dirty dealings with Ukrainian companies, but Teflon Don wanted to hold aid and like monies over them until they investigate his opponent. And the House of Representatives impeached him, brought up articles of impeachment, um, voted to bring charges, uh, but the Senate had to approve, and of course they did not, so uh, they acquitted Donald Trump of all charges. I think he was brought up on charges of abusive power, uh, which brings up an interesting concept to me. Really, we just heard from our government that it's okay to hold aid ransom over other countries for your political well-being, right? Uh, uh, when we talk about uh, precedents being set, 
We were just told, y'all, this is how we roll. <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> it's not illegal to do this, right? We just got told that by our government structure, right? So now take that information. Now you know the rules of the game. Play the game according to the rules. Like, don't, they, they, I feel like there's a sentiment of like, progressives or Democrats being like this 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 kind of moral high ground that they want to take when they're trying to hold these positions of power and it's like are you are you dumb like we, we, we your moral high ground should be equal to the rules that you have to play by right like you can't put yourself at a disadvantage because you want to feel good about it like but you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose, and then what's to feel good about? You're not able to impact the change that you really need to be making, um, if you truly believe in that. So, yeah, I, I just feel like we just heard from our government, yo, this is cool. Use this shit. Like you're the president, nigga. Let your balls drag a little bit. <laughs> like we already you know got what you in there, dude. We know yeah. you're not perfect. <laughs> I already knew that presidents did shit like this, but we it was just that it was like all out in the open like that with us. That was, that's been my understanding. Yeah. It seems to me like, hell yeah, like presidents do way worse shit than that. They just don't fucking do it in that kind of blatant way that everybody can make a spectacle mm -hmm. of it. Every, I think everybody knew just based on the rules of the game and how right. it's set up. Motherfucking knew they might get impeachment, but they wasn't going to convict them. So it's just a political theater at the end of the day. Right. Right. And I think that's interesting, too, because we're in this era where everything has to be public and exposed. Right. So like, while they probably have been operating just like that for all presidents have probably done the same shit and he, his is just playing out publicly. And so that causes the, the kind of societal discussion around, well, is this right and all of this, where that has never been a debate, that has never been a part of the decision of who to elect a president in the past because we just didn't see that shit, so we didn't have to talk about it, right? Out of, out of, out of sight, out of mind type thing. And so now that people see it, it's like, oh shit, you're questioning your own mor morals and all of that. Just for the record, that's called quid pro quo for yeah. people that don't know. Quid pro quo. Oh, Justin brought up a really, really, really good topic of albums that we're in transition to music. Albums that need to come out, right? Um, J Electronica. Yeah, so a lot of people are talking about the J Electronica uh, alleged album. Um, this is one of those, if there ever was a personification of the boy that cried wolf, good lord, we didn't hear, we didn't hear about uh, J Electronica albums since fucking Hector was a pup. So, yeah, man, I don't know what's, what's, I mean, I don't think a lot of people think that this is actually going to come out. It would be great if it does. I don't think he's going to disappoint if he actually puts something out. I feel like it's the same with Andre 3000. Nobody is worried about this shit not sounding good. We're worried about actually getting to hear it, right? Like, like nigga, you going to let us hear it or not? But, yeah, I, I think, uh, like, Jay Electronica could be in this argument every single year of an album that we need. He could be in this conversation every single year. Um, I think uh, Kendrick album is about time. I feel like um, Kendrick and J. Cole are supposed to do a collab album. They, they've been talking about that exactly. for almost the same amount. Remember the uh, I Can't Feel My Face mixtape that was supposed to come out? Lil Wayne and Joel's. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody wants to hear that now. But back then, you know how lit, yeah. Back then, that would have been lit as hell. Now, it's like, yeah, keep that shit. 
<laughs> but yeah, a Kendrick a Kendrick album would be dope. I you know what I I do think collabs. This is, it would be dope to hear some cool collabs. I feel like it's yeah, been a lot of established individuals making albums, but like a a, a industry wide Watch the Throne season would be dope, right? Like a J Electronica and Hove. I think that would be dope. Ooh. That that would be dope as hell. Yeah, right. Old nigga rap. I think a uh, uh, Kendrick and J Cole would be very entertain, very very entertaining. With them two though, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear any of that sing songy shit. I want to hear y'all basically <laughs> battling. Yeah, I want, I don't want no fucking hooks in that shit. I don't want to hear no too much beat playing. I want to hear y'all niggas rapping and like going at each other. It would be dope if. Cause there had been whispers about them really actually not fucking with each other, so like to hear that kind of uh, as a as part of this other thing that's going on in the uh, music industry of like reconciliation and repairing relationships and shit. If this if they play that out in a fucking album of like going at each other and beefing over over beats, I think that would be super fucking cool. Kendrick and Kendrick and J Cole, I, that I would love to hear that. I want to hear like just straight drug raps <laughs> with uh, Pusha T, Rick Ross, Jay Z. That would just be my dream album. Just Pusha T, <laughs> Rick so Ross, cocaine raps. I just yeah, <laughs> maybe some Jeezy features in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be nice. Who who out on the West Coast do we want to hear? Blue uh, face, blue face, bleed them. Oh yeah, D Smoke. D Smoke is the dude who won the the uh, Netflix rap show. Hustle Rhythm, Rhythm and Flow. That's Rhythm a that's a movie. Dude is Hustle nice. and Flow. Dude is nice. He just dropped the album. Dude is nice. Yeah, Malik put me on uh, this yes. weekend. Yeah. It's pretty decent. Um, and he's from California, right? Inglewood, yeah. Compton, yeah, one of them. Inglewood. I mean, it had to be one of the two. Compton and Inglewood. That's like the South Side. When <laughs> when somebody say they're from Chicago, they assume you're from the South Side. Somebody say you're from California, they assume either Compton or Inglewood. Those are the only, only two places you could possibly be from the biggest state in the country. Um, uh, any other collabs y'all think would be dope? Um, the Future and Drake album, whenever that comes, I think that's going to be pretty dope. I'm trying to think. I can't really think of no other ones. I would love, I, I'm always down for a whole album. Big Sean should be probably dropping this year, is my guess. He got to have some shit to talk about. Got to. Schoolboy Q is uh, dropping another album this year. Schoolboy Q? He, he just dropped one last year. Then he dropped another one this year. Nice. I was kind of disappointed with that last album. Yeah. 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 Wait, wait, wait. What was uh, Crash Talk? Yeah. Crash Talk was good. What are you yeah. talking about? Compared to his other albums? We didn't say that. You said you were disappointed in yeah. that album. It was, you didn't say it, was it like compared to all his other albums. Like, mm. I feel like he was. It Crash Talk was good. It wasn't bad, but it was it was it was it, was, it wasn't great. Yeah. I liked it actually. Crash Talk was good. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, all of them TDE niggas need to drop more frequently, bro. Honestly, yeah. all, all of them. Kendrick, fucking SZA, SZA need to drop some shit. I don't, she playing games, bro. Yeah. She playing games. She's starting to, to piss me off. Yeah. Quotes. Yeah, she's been letting uh, Janae Aiko hold the streets down for the women out here. She need to hop back in the game. But I mean, you also got the Summer Walkers and all of them holding it down too. Um, But we miss you, SZA. 
I want to hear a Lupe versus Eminem album. Mm. Ooh. Because I feel like they're in the same level of talent and skill. But Eminem, for some reason, probably because the record sales is yeah. just exhausted as like the most lyrical rapper ever. Yeah. Like, That's I true. Can, I don't think he can hang with Lupe. I, half the time, I don't think he can hang with Royce. No, he can't hang with Royce. <laughs> Did y'all hear the song they were together, though? I don't know, man. Who? That was pretty, yeah. Eminem and Rice? Not the, not that one, but the one on his new album. Oh, the new shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. nah, them niggas was spitting on that shit, too. These niggas spitting. So right. He was talking about how they, they even each other out. He said, Eminem, you ain't gonna do me like that. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In the uh, Drink Chance interview, he was talking mm-hmm, about that. Yeah. Um, any other albums y'all definitely want to hear? That's pretty much it. I want to hear Kid Cudi's album. Kid Cudi, man. But him collab- I, want, I want him to collaborate with somebody that's going to influence him to like, like a Kid Cudi, Chick, uh, King the Ripper album. You know what I mean? King the Ripper. Chip, Chip, Chip the Ripper. The Ripper. I for- is he still rapping? I don't know, but I like, <laughs> Chip man, they, the Ripper. They dropped an album. Ooh, listen to damn, that's a throwback right, right there. I would right. listen to that. Shout out to shout out to Ish for the Chip the Ripper. Did he he did change his name to King Chip, didn't he? Yeah. That's all I said. That's all I said. King the Chipper, right? King the Chipper. <laughs> oh shit! Oh That's man, that might need to be a that might need to be another Chip segment Ripper. that we add. A whatever happened to segment. Yeah, where are they? Where, yeah, 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 where, we said that. We what said the that. fuck is Asher Roth doing right now? Florida man, Florida man. So let's do uh, Florida man. What is today? Monday or no? February tenth. February tenth. Florida man. Oh shit! <laughs> All right, are you ready for this? Uh, Florida man for February 10th. Uh, Florida man arrested for throwing an alligator through a drive-through window. <laughs> oh my God. So Joshua James, he threw a pretty small alligator, I guess, three and a half foot alligator through a Wendy's drive-through window and was charged. Actually, the charges that he got were actually pretty interesting. So he got charged with assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill and illegally possessing an alligator. What he was charged with. So basically what happened was the employee handed him his drink through the drive-through um, and then he threw the alligator through the window <laughs> and drove off. Just got gatored. You just got gatored. Game crazy, man. Yeah, they are, they are. We had the drive-by sorting Last week, we got the drive-by alligator dump. Oh, man. Florida, man. Shout out to Florida, man. I think that's it, man. I think that's pretty much it. As always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Self Med Pod. Follow us on Facebook at The Self Medicated Podcast. And make sure you subscribe to The Self Medicated Podcast on YouTube. Um, all of our, all of our clips, I think we're going to put four episodes on YouTube. So, uh, in addition to be able to find us on all of the streaming platforms, except for title till we own title, uh, you should be able to listen to four episodes on YouTube here coming up soon too. Uh, make sure you listen on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, all you gotta do is search the self-medicated podcast and tune in. 
Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, all of that good shit on all of those platforms. Um, and hit us up on the gram too to let us know if there's any topics that you definitely want us to touch on in that week's episode. Yeah, it's been the Self-Medicated Podcast for February 10th. And we out.